Weekly World News is one extraordinary story after another. Wow. Weekly World News this week. Mom and daughter died together. Three hours later, they came back to life. Wife locked in desert dungeon. By her vengeful husband. Three puppies save child. Freezing to death. Millionaire dumps wife to become priest. Cool. All right. Uh... Uh, this world has become so corrupt as I'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand talking to it or looking at it and I'm about to go crazy literally I'm about to go completely flywheel loose and just fall apart let's let's not get let's not get into blood and guts because because that's what you're trying to get into come on fumble bam motherfucker it'll be a miracle if this tape ever is permitted to become knowledge that could spread across the world to even give individuals a chance to know what we have to say. Oh, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. I'm Adam. My week was great. Sitting across from me is Cody. How was your week? It was fantastic. I was just telling, uh, our boy Jordan here about my adventure to the parlor in St. Paul last week. Have you ever heard of it? No. And I had a $12 Irish coffee <laughs> <laughs> that had way too much liquor and not enough coffee in it. It was but mostly it was booze? Yeah. It was still good. What's in an Irish coffee usually? Coffee and whiskey. Okay. And it had like a layer of whipped cream or something on the top. Some... Some heavy white floating substance. Oh, yeah. It's usually just like a heavy cream they yeah. float. I was, uh, what's a hot toddy then? Is that rum? A uh, hot toddy is hot whiskey with like lemon and honey. God. I was telling Jordan I got the hash because I'm a big hash fan. Not the marijuana hash, but like food hash. It was godlike. Yeah. It was so good. The brisket or whatever they mm. put in it. Oh, dude. Oh. Maybe it's just because I was, like, super fucking hungry, but it was so good. I might go there for breakfast tomorrow because they do, like, a soft scramble egg with Mm. uh, crab. Mm. Oh, I love crab. It sounds so good. So, how do you prefer your eggs, Adam? Uh, Over easy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. How about you, Jordan? Uh, I generally go over easy, but if there is a soft scramble option, I will go with that. Okay. Oh, I just, uh, you just seem like you'd be a scrambled egg boy. I don't know why. I just yeah. assumed you'd be yeah. kind of a basic bitch scrambled egg type. Scrambled eggs and ketchup, I can see. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do look... Like, if I'm going to Perkins, yeah. I'm you getting fucking scrambled on? eggs You put ketchup, ketchup. on it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I fucking love ketchup, dude. Yeah. It's good on eggs. It is good. Omelet. I like ketchup. Old granny, yep. old granny used to whip me up the old egg sandwich. Oh, yeah. Two fried eggs, toast, and a shitload of ketchup. Hell yeah. And I loved it when the eggs were goozing all over the toast. Mm. Oh, so and good. And a piece of cheese, too, right? No? You gotta throw a piece yeah, of cheese You gotta throw a Kraft single on there, bro. Yeah, yeah, she does. It was good. I missed those. That thing was so fucking good. Yeah. A little jelly on there, too. That's how I okay. like it. Yeah. Okay. I didn't go into that route, but I assume it's probably good, too. I'm a sweet and salty man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just sweet. Oh, <clears throat> listen to that. Yeah, he's hitting on you. Man, they call me sweetest Jordan. How are you? I'm good. How was your week? If you For talk the most about, part, good. If you talk about the weather, Jordan. <laughs> no, it, it was pretty solid. He did off air. He told he talked about being freezing cold for three hours when it was negative. In the masonry update, you may talk about okay. weather. Okay. And All here right. we are, masonry update, Jordan. 
You have one minute, 15 seconds to fill me in about masonry. <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, we've just been, we finally wrapped up the River Falls job for good, completely done. Mm-hmm. Never have to go back to that fucking place again. Mm-hmm. Been working on the owner of a big car dealership in the Twin Cities here's house. Right. Denny Putting Hecker. stone on and whatnot. Not Denny Hacker. <laughs> Joe Maurer. Uh, What's no. his brother? But Jim anyway, Billy, you're cutting Billy into my Billy time, Cody. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> So, Thursday, it was, when we got there, a nice, uh, like, zero degrees mm. for the actual temp, and then wind chill was, like, negative 13. Mm. And that wind was going all yes, day. Yes, it was. Yeah, that hurt. So, our tents that we set up that, you know, we can put heaters in and not fucking get frostbite and shit. Right. And the mortar will actually cure. Those were kind of... Coming off the house and, mm. like, beating the shit out of the siding. Mm. <laughs> awesome. So, First thing I heard was, hey, screw all of those into the houses, because it's like two-by-fours that we use to build them. Right. Mm. For a mason wor- uh, masonry job, you're using a lot of wood. Uh, I'm a laborer, so. Mm. But I had to go around in the non-heated part and climb up ladders and, like, screw it in. And, like, this just trying to fly off and, you know, I'm trying to hold it while I'm on top of a fucking ladder that's, you know... 14, 15 feet up, and just like, I'm I'm gonna die. Having a lot of fun, it sounds like. Yeah, it was a fucking blast. <laughs> you know what it sounds like you are? In the film ab- 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 adaptation of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, it sounds like you are Argus Filch when you're trying to nail up the new, uh, <laughs> the new rules that Umbridge made, and he's on a real tall ladder, and it's like tipping back and forth exact as he's pounding the big thing exact, in it. Yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to say The Revenant. But, With uh, uh, Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. No, I respect that man. Do you? I don't respect Argus Filch, and I do not respect Jordan. Well, that's understandable. No. I'm mean, just kidding. Yeah, I can't blame do. you. That is a huge joke. I love Jordan. But we are about to get into the episode. We are. Right after Ooh. this brief interlude. McGruff here. I want you to learn a song that tells people to say no to drugs. Users are losers, and losers are users, so don't use drugs, don't use drugs. Winners don't use, and users don't win, so don't use drugs, don't use drugs. All right, Cody, today you wrote the episode again, just like last week. I did. Today is going to be, I hope it's fucking awesome, because you got a lot on the line. Yeah, I do. Your it's job's on the show's line. hanging in the balance right now. That's right. Alpha Cody's going to come in here and kill you. <laughs> Please listen to Wednesday's show for yeah, Alpha Cody. I forgot about, about that. Fucking Alpha. Anyway, so I'm going to throw a quick list disclaimer. Mm. I don't like doing it. And this sh- I'm just going to say now, this shit's going to sound completely made up. This story's going to sound like a rite of fucking fiction. How do I know okay. it's not? Uh, it's not. I can promise you that. How I, can I, you I, promise me? Well, okay. Well, we'll get through it and then you can decide. How about that? I'll be the judge of this. <laughs> Let's get rolling. Awesome, man. During the years of 1968 to 1970, the Zodiac Killer terrorized Northern California, writing several letters to the press and police taunting them to capture him. Mm. He would use cryptographic messages and ciphers they would need to crack in order to put a stop to his murder spree. Mm -hmm. What if I was to tell you a situation eerily similar to the Zodiac 
took place around New York in the 1930s. I call you a fucking liar. <laughs> yep. I would be hard-pressed to believe you. I'm not going to believe you at all. Uh, People in the 30s the weren't very oh. smart. Yeah, they were dumb. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they just didn't have here. the wealth of knowledge that people later on did. Well, this guy isn't maybe as smart as we'll find out as a Zodiac, if we want to call the Zodiac smart. Okay. But, uh, okay. It's a great story. We're going to dig in here. Let's go. It's the evening of Wednesday, June 11th, 1930. Joseph Mazinski. Wait, okay. He's stupid, huh? He's a stupid fucking Polak, huh, Cody? Is <laughs> Those that are your is? words, not mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those <laughs> are your words, you not mine. You said he wasn't fucking smart enough to be the Zodiac killer, huh? Hold on. Yes, All right, just cool, ig- dude. ignore that so, I started this. He was a 39-year-old married man with two children. He was the owner of a small grocery store located in Queens, New York. Our boy Joseph, on this particular night, though, was doing something a happily married man shouldn't have been doing. Okay. He informed his wife he just needed to run a few errands, but he was actually going to see his 19-year-old mistress, Catherine May. I already dislike him. Yeah, I love him. Mind you, these two have been involved in a two-year secret relationship up to this point. Either way, the two lovers headed out to your prototypical... Lover's Lane, yeah. located in the College Park area of Queens. Beautiful part Make of the country. Out point. Since Mr. Mazinski was rocking a sporty four-door sedan, Ooh. the lovers moved into the back seat to get down to business. Yeah. A few moments into their heavy petting session, Stop that. a slender man appears slowly out of oh the shadows. God, slender man? He's here. <laughs> I He's think here. it's him. He's here. You gotta get his newspaper. This or is actually the origin story. Here, of look at my Man. son's drawings. <laughs> <laughs> he approached the vehicle and proceeded to stick his head through the driver's window they had left open. Hey, what's going on here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> the mysterious man had a gun in hand, and in his thick German accent, told Joseph to move back into the driver's seat so he could sit next to Catherine in the back. Once in the car, he said, "Stutz is a car." <laughs> Joseph complied, and the engine roared to life. At this moment, the man placed his gun behind Joseph's right ear and pulled the trigger. Shit. So he doesn't know how to start a car, is what I'm getting out of this. No, Shit. I guess you could interpret it that way, George. I want to drive the car, but I don't know how to start Is this how you do the ignition, sir? <laughs> this caused Joseph to flail in pain, spinning his head until he was facing them in the back seat. The man then fired the gun a second time with the bullets exploding through Joseph's teeth until finally exiting through his cheek. You would think two shots to the head would have certainly killed most people, but Joseph, miraculously, was still alive. So he's a tough bitch. He's very tough. With Joseph now slumped down in the seat, the man turned his attention to Catherine and proceeded to rape the poor girl. <laughs> While Joseph was slowly dying in the front seat... After he was finished raping her, the man exited the car and opened the driver's door causing Joseph's body to slump halfway out. The man then reached inside Joseph's coat pocket and pulled out a handful of papers. After carefully examining the contents he had just acquired, the man lit a match, burning the papers one by one. Each time only ash remained and he made sure to scatter those ashes. With the man now seemingly distracted, Catherine smartly thought it may be the perfect time to swiftly sneak away. Of course, the mysterious man noticed and said, I'll have to murder you if you don't behave. After he finished burning all of the papers, he began to insist Catherine give him her home address, which she seemingly did. 
The stranger then pulled out a flashlight from his pocket and began walking with the horrified girl to the village of Bayside. Fuck! They then boarded a bus bound for Flushing, Queens. While seated on the bus, he handed her a note and said, Don't read this until tomorrow. After the bus reached its destination, he then escorted her to a trolley that would then take her to the neighborhood in College Point she lived in. Catherine said, then the man simply said, Good night, and vanished into the darkness. Understandably still terrified, Catherine simply sat in her seat quietly until she felt she was now safely far enough away from this mysterious stranger. She then opened the note and was simply puzzled by what she was reading. Stamped in red ink, it simply said, Joseph Mazinski, 3x3-x-097. Okay, obviously traumatized. Catherine didn't really know what she should do. So she just went home and went to bed, sitting up, unable to sleep. At this point, her lover Joseph was still alive in the car, slowly bleeding out. Holy shit. Jesus. So yeah, that's the rough stretch. Holy shit. Get through that rough stretch. So that's like, okay, that's, you really set the table here, Cody. You you masterfully did this by doing like a rough ass thing. That's like, this is his thing. This is his MO now, I imagine. So are you de- are you detecting something? A strange note that he left her here. Yeah, this obviously means something. Oh yeah, it's just kind of a precursor to a, the shitstorm that's going to come yeah. later. I don't like. I it. have a feeling we're going to see that red stamp again. Oh yes, I don't like this one little tiny bit, but I am also titillated it's and intriguing. exhilarated. It's fucking intriguing, man. Let's go. The following morning, when the police discovered Joseph Mazinski's body. He had been dead for less than an hour. Inspector John Gallagher and Lieutenant James Smith would be the lead detectives on the case, who were famous for sending the lovers Ruth Schneider and Judd Gray to the electric chair for one of the largest murder cases in New York City's history. So they got the right guys on the case, at least. So uh, uh, if you're wondering, those two, they were lovers. Ruth was married and she tried to kill her husband like six times until they finally <laughs> killed him. And uh, yeah, they got fried for it. Yeah, see, Old Sparky. You know, I forget that's what they call him. Old awesome. Sparky, the electric chair. Yeah. What are you going to say, Jordan? The part in this that just really disturbs me is that it took until the morning for Joseph Mazinski to, die. to finally die. Like that is a terrible way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he was like. I hope he was not conscious for a long time. I'm going to assume not. I don't know. Fuck. You'd think your body would be in shock. I'd assume you'd be in shock, but I I don't know. That's not the way to go, boys. No. Just end it quickly. They noticed a woman's coat covered in blood lying in the front seat. And upon searching through Joseph's wallet, they took notice of a picture. That picture was of Catherine. Hmm. Through this, they were able to track down Catherine and find out that she was, in fact, with Joseph last night. They brought her in for questioning, and she retold them the entire story I just told you. She told them, quote, I didn't know what to do, so I went home and went to bed. They weren't buying this. Even after she showed them the bizarre note, they asked her, Why didn't you call the police? Because I didn't want my parents to know I was mixed up with a married man. I feel like you've probably still call the cops there yeah. it's rough man yeah. yeah she's a home-wrecking little harlot if she does that <laughs> it is 1930 yeah but uh i mean post-traumatic rape victim you and know it's yes. only been a day yeah, your just... mind is not going to be working no, right no not at all the police still weren't buying this story 
She was swiftly arrested as a material witness and would be held on a $50,000 bond. That's $50,000 in 1930 yeah. money. Mm. That's like a bazillion dollars today, isn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> the Brooklyn Standard Union wrote this letter. The detective saw to it that she had little sleep until they had finished questioning her. All night and day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Saturday night, until after midnight, they questioned her until it seemed like she must break down. Thanks a lot. Thanks a real lot, guys. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I am a traumatic rape victim, and I watched a man I was in love with get his head shot twice. Well, we're going to find out what, what three days of solid interrogation will do to her. All right. The cops were convinced this had to be a jilted lover who was jealous of her relationship with Joseph. Mind you, without even knowing this, after the first day of interrogation, she told them of a man who had a significant adoration for her named Joseph Moisette. I think that's his name, Moisette. (laughs) They tracked down Moisette in Chicago, and he was swiftly transported back to New York. By Saturday, Catherine told the police... It had to be her Italian gangster lover named Alberto Lombardo. (laughs) It didn't take the police too long to figure out this was, in fact, a fictional person. (laughs) By Saturday night, having endured all this interrogation without sleep, she finally just tried to tell him, fuck it, I killed the prick. Now can I just get some sleep? Thankfully, the police were starting to believe this had to be just a bunch of false confessions. What the police didn't realize was our killer had written a mysterious letter on Friday, June 13th to the New York Evening Journal. Mm. The Evening Journal was owned by William Randolph Hearst, which was one of the original muckraker newspapers in New York. Uh, The predecessor to uh, what's what's the one that always has Bat Boy in it? (laughs) A Weekly World News. The Inquisitor. Uh, (laughs) The Weekly Inquisitor. This night, editor Amster Spiro was going through his daily mail. While he is totally used to the fucking crazies writing the paper, there was one letter in particular that stood out. It reads as follows. City editor, kindly print this in your paper for Mizinski's friend. CC-NY-ADCM-Y16A-DQR-PA- <laughs> Dash dash, two four one, PM six, Queens. Oh, that's how you get to the. Uh, that's how you get Wait. to Flame Mammoth level in <laughs> Mega Man X. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> You've cracked the code already. I think so. All right. He's just trying to give him a code for a game that's not going to be released for like eighty years. Yet. <laughs> Mega Man X codes here, boy. By doing this, you may save their lives. And the women may know where the missing papers are and who has them since they were given to Mazinski. We do not want any more shooting unless we have to. Signed, 3X, the man behind the gun. So he's he's calling himself 3X. 3X is, is it XXX Tentacion? Oh. Was he born yet? He's a SoundCloud rapper from 1930, bro. Well, I think he's dead now, right? He's mm. one of them that got killed. Yeah, right? no, he got murdered. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. thinking of 69 Takashi's. Oh, oh Takashi 69. Yeah. Well, there's also little peep, little pump, fucking little Zan. <laughs> there's too many of them. Wow. Yep, that there are. Spiro was just about to toss the letter 
until he recognized that name, Mizinski. Mizinski. <laughs> he remembered that name in relation to a murder that had happened recently. After examining the envelope it came in, he noticed the letter was mailed several hours before Joseph's body was discovered. That's interesting. He then contacted the detectives to examine the letter, but unfortunately, outside of an eerie message, they couldn't pull any fingerprints. Smart. That day, the paper went ahead and posted the story about Joseph's murder, but made no mention of the note and just claimed it was simply... Flagrante delicto. <laughs> I don't know what that is, bro. It's just cheaters, basically. Okay. In the paper, they referred to Joseph as the Don Juan Grocery Man of College Point. <laughs> that is sensational. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. It was also claimed Joseph had two lovers, Ooh. not just Catherine. Ooh. Mm. Fucking baller. Was one of them uh, Alfonso Labardo? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they had like a weird three-way polygamy <laughs> relationship just, here. Just a big spit roast. <laughs> <laughs> I think Catherine might be a little racist, just the most yeah. generic Italian name she could no find shit. out. She just threw it out she there. She might as well have said Tony Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it also left out most of the progress being made in Catherine's interrogation, which is a small mention of the arrest of Joseph Moisette. The following day, Saturday, June 14th, the paper received another letter from 3X, written on stationery that came from the Civil Service Bureau office in College Point. Why is that important? Well, this is where Catherine was employed. It reads as follows. Reference, Mazinski Queens. Gentlemen, for your information, the young lady, Miss C. May, involved in the case is innocent and an unfortunate victim of circumstances. We always get them through their women friends. Mazinski was nothing but a rascal. <laughs> Obscenities omitted. <laughs> a dirty rat. Not two women as stated in the papers, but six and two young girls, one fourteen and one fifteen, mm. were with him in the same place. I am the agent of a secret international auto when I met Mazinski that night and was <laughs> to get from him certain documents... But unfortunately, they were not in his possession. <laughs> if his relatives knew so much of his luck with women, maybe he would tell us what would become of the following items. NYX-26-23, semicolon. NJ-4-3-44, semicolon. Philadelphia XV-346. These papers must be returned to us at once, or 14 more of Mazinski's friends will join him. Mazinski's relatives and friends have up to Monday, 12 p.m., to bring these documents to use, or to have someone get in touch with us, and tell us where to find them. If no answer is received by that time, we will start Merry Hell for all of them. Signed, A.V. 3X, the man behind the gun. God, so he, what a prick. He is right? now claiming to be a secret agent from an international organization who just wants his documents. He's a fucking dork that read too many <laughs> comic books is what it sounds like, man. Were comic books around in 1930? Hell yeah. 
Were they? Oh yeah. Okay. They they wouldn't have been as big as they would have been like at the height of World War II though. No. Not quite yet. But here's the interesting thing. So he's claiming that yeah, he has Catherine as his mistress, but there's six other girls and two of them are fourteen and fifteen. Yeah. But the, they obviously never verify that. But uh, maybe this guy could be a pedophile. If I mean, but it was never creep. It's never confirmed. It's never confirmed. So we don't know. We or don't if know. this guy's just a crazy fuck, you know? <laughs> There's a very good possibility of that. Because he did kill that. and rape. Right. Like, in front of the yeah, dying that's man. fucked. It's really fucked He's up. not a good dude, man. No, not at all. He's... Wait, you're saying he's not gonna get sainthood? I'm just saying that I like my Batman that kill pedophiles to be less rapey. Yes, right. That's all very right. true. Right. If he, if Mazinski actually is a pedophile. That's right. We don't know. That's we right. We don't know. He's just accusing him. Now... Inspector Gallagher received his own letter from 3X, but his was more straight to the point, stating Catherine was innocent, and to turn over the code label documents, the detectives weren't buying this shit about the secret organization, <laughs> and just assume it was just some lunatic sending out nonsense, like yep. Adam You know, said. I'm on the inspector's side on that. <laughs> Alright, welcome. The newspaper didn't seem to think these letters were important either, so just chose to keep them a secret and out of the headlines. Which is smart, actually. I think so. The only thing that was mentioned in relation to the case were a few paragraphs about the three-day interrogation of Catherine. The following Monday morning, a local motorist noticed a newer car sitting amongst a trash heap in a salvage yard located in Floral Park of Queens. The pedestrian wanted to investigate himself, and upon looking closer in the vehicle, it didn't take him long to notice a a dead man's body slumped behind the wheel. The police were contacted to investigate. Upon examination of the body, the man had been shot twice in the head. When the police went through his billfold, they would find out the dead man was actually a 26-year-old radio mechanic named Noel Sowley. Apparently, 3X really wanted the cops to know it was him, so he left newspaper clippings about the Mazinski murder stamped directly on the news article itself in large red ink, it said, Mazinski, and written in pencil, it read, Here's how. <laughs> At the same time the police were doing the investigation, editor Amster Spiro was reading another letter from 3X. It read, Dear sir, you have not published the code message sent to you. Too bad. <laughs> for your information, there is more work for the police. Tonight at 10 p.m., Sowley was bumped off near Floral Park and not far away from a police signal station. You will find him in an auto junk pile. (laughs) We have selected this night to do it as Mazinski was buried today. This is our second warning to them. Thirteen more men and one woman will go the same way if they do not return two of the missing papers. MOI document was found on Sowley last night and also some of our money. As in the case of Mazinski's girlfriend, the girl was put on a bus and sent home. We always get them through their women friends. 3X. I have a machine gun. When Inspector Gallagher had finally returned to his office, he had a letter from 3X as well. What an annoying bastard. <laughs> <I know. laughs> He's got a fucking chill. <laughs> it read this. 
Inspector J.J. Gallagher, Lieutenant J. Smith. For your information, one or more of Jamesinski's friends was sent to see him. V-5 Sowley <laughs> was shot to death near Floral Park and not very far away from the police signal station. Some of our money was found on his person and ZNY document. This is the shell that killed Noel Sowley. I apologize for not sending the other shell, but I lost it in my excitement. The girl was, as in the case of Miss May, put aboard a bus and sent home. But no clues were left for you this time. Thirteen more men and one woman will go, if they do not make peace with us and stop bleeding us to death. That's fucking crazy, dude. The shell sent was a thirty-two caliber, the same bullet used to kill both men. It didn't take the police too long to figure out who the girl written about in the letters was. Her name was Elizabeth Ring. Elizabeth was recently divorced and had started to rekindle a relationship with Noel, whom she had dated in the past. When questioned, Elizabeth would recount the events that had transpired. Elizabeth claimed while her and Noel were sitting in the car, a stranger approached their car window and aimed his gun at Sowley. He demanded to see his driver's license. Sowley complied and asked, Is there a problem? The stranger then turned to face the rear of the car, flicking his flashlight on and off as to be communicating via Morse code to someone. Obviously confused, Sowley asked, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> of course, which you should. Yeah. The stranger told him he was signaling to his friends that he did not require their assistance. This is the exact quote from Elizabeth on what happened next. Then he handed some cards to Noel, asking, You know Joe Mazinski? Noel said he didn't know Mazinski. As Noel was saying that, the man shot him in the mouth. Noel gasped but managed to mumble, The gunman stepped away from the car, looked at the license plate, came back and said, You're solely alright. And then shot him in the head again. He searched Noel's clothing, found a sheet of paper, found a sheet of paper and exclaimed, I have it! <laughs> he got his NY papers! He found what he's looking for. Hell yeah. Whatever an NY paper is, he found it. <laughs> yep. Now, as like with Catherine, the man began to attempt to rape this girl. But Elizabeth pleaded and showed him a re religious medal she had been wearing around her neck, which caused the stranger to stop. Elizabeth said this is what happened next. He ordered me out of the automobile, then walked me more than a mile to a bus station, put me aboard a bus for Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> he handed me a piece of paper and warmed me under the threat of death. Don't open your mouth. On the bus, I looked at the piece of paper and shuddered. Rubber stamped in red ink was the name of my friend Sowley, and under the name was penciled 3X. Feel like we've heard this before. Me too. How does what? this dude have money for so many different stamps? Well, I don't know. Can, do they have stamps where you can just replace the letters, or do you have to get, like, a custom-made stamp? Or I'm hoping know. it's just, like, big custom-made ones, because <laughs> that would just be fucking baller, and he would be flexing on everyone. They basically said it was, like, a big, red, sure. all-capital stamp. Just yeah, boom, so this boom. dude's just, like, straight flexing in the stamp world. That's, I would be... 1930, baby. I'd be rating the stamp factory, I think. Mm. He's definitely probably working there, right? Mm. 
No. You made this. <laughs> Who ordered it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. trust you stamp cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> now, Elizabeth claimed just like Catherine, she didn't contact the police because the entire event had left her in a state of shock. Now that two men had been found dead in what seemed to be connected cases, the newspapers decided it could no longer hide what was going on. This is one of the news headlines. What had started out as an insignificant homicide has now become a sensational drama. The case had all the elements of the most lurid type of mystery fiction. <laughs> Taunting notes to the police, an international secret organization, all surrounded by an aura of sex. <laughs> I mean, that headline is going to get me to read <laughs> I'd read that anything. I was getting erect as I was reading it. You put that with Batboy? Adam, got a put best your pants seller. back on. You <laughs> cannot make me. I call them leg prisons for a reason. I will not be, I will not be chained. <laughs> One tablet even put the picture of Sauli laying dead in his car to warn other couples, this could be you. Fuck, what a bunch of assholes. (laughs) The following morning, Amster Spiro received another letter. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) That would kick the hysteria into overdrive. It read, Sir, I advise you to publish this code message again. A V 3-X. Tonight, one more will go. You may let them know 3X is the man behind the gun. He asks for no quarter, but will give none. On June 18th, which was that day, at 9pm, I will be in College Point to get WRV-8. This letter would send the police into a humongous manhunt. This is an excerpt that was later written about this particular night. The police seemed to join in the general hysteria, and Queens took on the appearance of a beleaguered city. An extra force of 425 detectives and 2,000 policemen were assigned to the less frequented areas of the borough. Two emergency squads and a fleet of automobiles equipped with machine guns were pressed into service against the lone killer. Damn! Holy it was. It's funny because you did. They're the, not fucking around. He did the machine gun thing, and I'm like, did he read ahead on here? And that's like all the machine gun cops are headed out. Another author said this is what the cops were doing in hopes of catching the mysterious three X. This is. Am I a newspaper man again? Uh or just do whatever you want and make it legible, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they were farting. That has to stay in. That's the intro. <laughs> Jesus. 100 officers were dolled up in women's clothes, wigged, roughed, rouged. <laughs> 100 officers were dolled up in women's clothes, wigged, rouged, and lipsticked. Together with 100 detectives in male attire, they were sent in individual parked cars to isolated spots all over the neighborhood. <laughs> oh my god, they were trapping this idiot. <laughs> but they're the idiots. Uh, from 6pm, the couples sat facing each other, as if embracing. Actually, they watched the window opposite them with loaded pistols. <laughs> Any stranger who approached the car menacingly would likely get his fucking head blown off. (laughs) So you're telling me this isn't the perfect plan to catch this guy. Hey, it's smart. This is 1930s genius. I mean, yeah, I can't argue with it. I thought that was the funniest shit. I just imagined two cops, two burly men, 
Probably like, didn't even shave. If just I put feel on anything Pokemon link, this pistol's coming the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think any of them hooked up while while waiting you know, for him? I hope some of them discovered <laughs> yeah. they found love. Yeah, <laughs> like there has to be. Just like Steve was looking good in those pants. If the atmosphere of the neighborhood wasn't hyped enough, a local newspaper wrote this headline that exact same day. Two dead, 14 more to die, and one of them a woman, killer says. The same author from a previous statement we had mentioned said this. The journal's harrowing story caused almost every college point window to be shuttered out that night, and hysteria swept the area. There was a run on the gun permit office, and petters deserted their usual lover's lane haunts. <laughs> Another paper ran the headline. 2,000 police in hunt for maniac Petter Slayer, who threatens to murder <laughs> third victim tonight. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure the uh, killer won't be reading these headlines, will he? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're going to be on to me tonight. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Maybe I should stay away from where I told them to find me. <laughs> Just either, a hunch. <laughs> either way, both girls were able to give a description of 3X. Catherine's description was... 40 years old, 5 foot 6 inches tall, 200, 125 pounds. <laughs> Big difference. Pale complexion, wrinkled face, dark clothes, dark soft hat, dark gray soft hat, speaks with foreign accent. Hmm. 125 pounds, uh, that's a skinny ass man, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that Jesus. is a very... 5'6", five, six, though. 5'6", five, 125, that's still that's a like really rip. fucking small <laughs> is it, dude. Is it? Yeah, uh, very. I don't know. I don't deal in the hundreds. I that's like terrorist to a... Now, okay. Elizabeth, <laughs> now, Elizabeth, she's a little bit more judgmental here. She says, 30 years old, pale complexion, thin face, sunken cheeks, lanky build, little hump on bridge of nose, <laughs> Jeez. small eyes, thick lips, peculiar teeth. Wore black suit, black bow tie, white shirt, soft white collar, and black fedora hat with telescopic rim. Milady. Speaks with accent indicating German extraction. Wore a small round bronze button on the left lapel of coat marked Rifle Association. Yeah, so one of them's real vague and one of them is very descriptive. One of them's a detective, I think. (laughs) You know what? By how this story's going, I don't doubt it. It's nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> As the deadline of 9 p.m. was slowly creeping closer in hopes of preemptively catching 3X, the police took the girls to the Crenmore State Hospital for the insane, which was filled <laughs> with war veterans. The girls looked over all 1,931 residents, but 3X was not to be found. That's a lot of <sighs> fucking people. Apparently, yeah, they were I was like. Gonna say, like did they just have them walk through? They were having like a an event, and they were all like in in the big area, and okay. they kind of just scanned over them quickly. Okay. But it never says why they think it was a crazed ex war veteran. Maybe the rifle association was like. Uh, I guess it, it like, could what? be. I don't know. They don't say why they took them there. They just took them there. Anyway. While transporting the girls, the police had to constantly fight off the press from attempting to take pictures of the girls. Being it was the 1930s, it sounded like the police even roughed up and arrested one of the journalists, but he was later released. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty relevant to modern day. <laughs> the local paper later said this about how the citizens were acting on this night. Attracted by the murderer's threat, several thousand curious persons motored to College Point 
and spent hours along 13th Street and intersecting avenues, waiting for something to happen. During a period of two and one-half hours, more than 2,200 automobiles passed over the causeway into College Point. The main streets gave the community a carnival appearance, with crowds moving slowly along the sidewalk for hours in the hope of being in on the killing. I feel like nothing has changed. People would totally be doing this shit if they, like, some killer wrote a note somewhere. Oh, fuck yeah. Gawker assholes. Especially with the huge spread of true crime. Right, Uh, Everybody loves it. Goosenecking. Goosenecking, huh? (laughs) Or, no, sorry, rubbernecking. I'm goosenecking it is, man. Keep it with goosenecking. Gooseneck trailer. Fuck geese. (laughs) (laughs) Even though the entire city seemed to be anticipating hearing a gunshot at 9 p.m., the time came and went without anything ever happening, even though there were a few suspicious characters that night. Firstly, the cops busted a group of boys who thought it would be funny to light fireworks to simulate guns. Not that surprising that they would do that. Boys, yeah. yeah. Boys will be boys. They approached a vehicle with a man sitting by himself, and when approached by the police, he yelled out, I didn't kill anybody! (laughs) He didn't. He was questioned, but soon was cleared. The same day of the promised execution, 3X mailed another letter to the detectives. It read, WRV8 of CP has returned to Philadelphia XV346 <laughs> to me tonight after reading your paper. Mm-mm. Also, $37,000 of blackmail money. Thanks to God, if I may use his name. <laughs> The following document is still missing. NJ 4-3-44 and $39,000 for this document. The following people are still marked for death. X14, X21, Y2, O6, X7, S1, and V4. The only way they may continue to live is to follow the directions in this code message. (laughs) NJ dash dash CC dot K Z M A W A E E A A dot V dot dash dash three X dash dash R dot G dot dash dash four M Y T dash dash R P four Nine dash six. Someone needs to like get in line with their accounting department here or something. God. I know this sounds fucking ludicrous, but literally on his notes he wrote all of that shit on all of these fucking notes. Gee. And nobody knows what the hell it means at all. It just crazy man gibberish, I don't know. It has to as far <laughs> as I'm concerned right now, this is a lunatic nerd. Yeah. That's like trying to be cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I could see it. After just a three-hour gap from his previous letter, he couldn't resist addressing another letter to a patrolman who had been working at the signal station that night. It said, I saw you cleaning your gun last night. I hope you didn't expect to shoot me. You will never find me. I saw you cleaning your gun, you little pansy. I do not need to catch me. I want you to clean my gun. I am a greased up German man. Catch me if you can. (laughs) Fuck this idiot. 
The following day, Thursday, June 19th, it appears 3X traveled to Philadelphia to mail a letter to Joe Mazinski. <laughs> Mazinski's brother, John. It said John was, quote, next of the list and ordered him to leave valuables in the bathroom of the Broad Street train station or death will follow. Death will follow. <laughs> John Mazinski was not a secret agent. He was a married plumber with four kids. That's what they want you to think. It's his cover. Mm. All right. Real sneaky. <laughs> the police did their best to try to locate the sender of the letter, but to no avail. Ironically, at the exact same time, there's a 34-year-old escaped inmate of the Kingsport Mental Hospital sending strange letters to pe <laughs> the people of Philadelphia. Mm. But he was later exonerated after he was captured for the simple fact that he had the mental capacity of an eight-year-old. <laughs> and while in his cell, he spent most of his time writing letters anyway. But unbeknownst to the police officers, there was about to be another 3X attack transpiring. Shit. On June 19th, a 50-year-old insurance salesman from Bro Brooklyn named Morris Horwitz was attempting <laughs> to pull his car into his garage. When out of nowhere, a man appeared... Pointing his gun in his face, he said, Gets going. In a state of panic, Morris told the man, I don't know how to drive a car. <laughs> I don't think this is going to help at all. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> so the stranger reached in the car, pistol whipped Morris, and shooting him in the shoulder once. Fuck. He then fired a second shot, but somehow missed Morris. Now Mrs. Horwitz, who was sitting on the front porch, heard the gunshot, she stood up, screamed, and then swiftly fainted. <laughs> I hope there was a fainting like ghost faint on that porch. <laughs> Do you think his wife is a fainting <gasps> goat or what? <laughs> it's like when the lady in Tom and Jerry sees a mouse. <laughs> the man then ran off and disappeared down into an alley. Within minutes, the entire area was surrounded with 300 police officers searching house to house, but they could not locate the attacker. I mean, I'm just going to say right now, was it really 300? Because oh, that seems a bit excessive. You're like fucking, you're deploying a, <laughs> a unit of police officers. I can see why you said this sounds made up. It's see, crazy. It might Take not a zero off there. Okay, I'll give you a But this is the probably the one one of the most wanted men in sure. New York right now. Sure. And they don't want him off killing people making out or whatever, so why They ain't got no helicopters. No. So after Morris was recovering in the hospital, he described the attacker as having a short, slender build with blonde hair and said he was quote wild eyed as if he were crazy. <laughs> That's because I got shot in the shoulder. Did you like my accent? <laughs> I do. Okay. The police would recover two forty five caliber shells which were different from the 32 caliber used previously, but treated it as if 3X was the prime suspect. A man in the Bronx claimed to receive a letter from 3X, but later turned out to be his wife. She said, <laughs> The dirty bum was two-timing me, and I figured if I gave him a good scare, he'd stay home at night. <laughs> I don't think it worked. It didn't. <laughs> when a man was murdered in New England... There were four separate letters that were sent to the press, and those letters claimed to be from 3X, but they were all found to be fakes. The citizens were being kept in a state of paranoia with ever-growing fear of 3X striking again, and the police were on a constant search for what the papers were calling the, quote, Petter Slayer <laughs> or the Morality Murderer. <laughs> I kind of like that second yeah. one, actually. 
So, on June 21st, the New York Evening Journal received a very different type of letter addressed from 3X. It read... Before we get into that... <clears throat> yes. The crazy thing is, all of this shit... This is 10 days. Yeah, like, this all started fast. on June 11th. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very fast. He killed those two people very in rapid succession, and... He's been writing letters non-fucking-stop. Mm-hmm. That's the weird thing about this, but once we read his very last letter, it's going to make a lot see, more sense to you. I, was gonna say, I feel like he had all of this written out and ready to go, like, I know when to mail this, when these people are getting killed, all that. Mm-hmm. Like he already had a nice little <laughs> little hunt-a-killer package He's or whatever. He's very methodical. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty fun. Uh, Jordan, I would like you to read this letter. Dear sir, the last document, NJ4-3-44... Return to us the 19th at 9 p.m. My mission is ended. There is no further cause for worry. I will not know Dr. Williams and the others. The first sign means A, the Supreme Tribunal of the Order, and the second, V, its special agent. Mm. The two combined form the Red Diamond of Russia, a secret organization all over the world. Shit. Anyone breaking its rules is marked for death. These men were dismissed for treason. They were all our friends, but came in contact with a gang of blackmailers and a drug ring, and turned against us. Fucking dork. (laughs) One of them stole the documents mentioned before, and they tried to use them for blackmailing our men here. Most of us are soldiers, and every nation in the world is represented in our ranks. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> You're not buying Fucking it? G.I. Joe. Let's go. Word came to mind at the Supreme Council in Russia of the pair of the U.S. 12 of us picked on card. Mine was the King of Diamonds. Ooh. I was the one selected to punish and inflict death if necessary. I have patiently waited. I have warned them all of danger. Instead of heeding the warning... They answered me by blackmail. They were requested many times for the return of the papers, but refused to surrender them. It was then, when Mizinski died, that they found out who I am. Now it is all over. The documents in question. One is a military document. Another is political. Mm. And the third one, just surrendered, is... Commercial. Three different Mm -hmm. factions. Very important documents. Commercial, military, political. (laughs) This Red Diamond of Russia organization (laughs) is truly the most secretive and important (laughs) thing of all time. They're basically the Illuminati is what I'm getting. (sighs) So who am I? Not much. An ex-German army officer of the Wilhelm Street office, (laughs) Berlin... During the war. Mm-hmm. Now, in the service of the Red Diamond of Russia, yes, the code was addressed to Sauli. Mm-hmm. Now, it is all over. You show me to be brave. Any man who took orders from the 77 is fearless. Your policemen are brave men. Only they need training. Mm-hmm. I was watching them at CP on the 18th at 9 sharp. College point, by the way. Mm-hmm. A German officer never breaks his word. Yes, right here. Have you heard a plane? 
It was a monoplane, small, very fast. The plane circled twice over Flushing, CP Bayside, then went away. If you did, then you will know I was there. I have no fish eyes. The police have fish eyes. They always have been wrong from the beginning to end. That is why they have lost from beginning to end. For two reasons, one I have stated to you, the other, they are too slow. Fuck, I just got such a prick. <laughs> I am deeply sorry for having strained your country with blood, but let this be a warning to all concerned. Treason of one means death. The next time, no mercy will be shown. Death only will be the penalty, but I hope not to be the one to inflict it next time. <laughs> we are not maniacs, or bandits, or robbers. Robbery never was the motive, and we do not belong to any dope ring. Good. <laughs> this is final. You know what we want. Quiet your people and tell them that 3X is no more. HP12WA. P.S. Do not let anyone <laughs> fool you. If any more letters come, they are fakes. I am leaving today on my way back to Russia. Please do not write USSR. We do not recognize them. There is no one else to begin trouble. It is settled. H-P-12-W-A. Oh. There it is. He, hmm. he he finished his mission. He's he's done. He works for a secret organization. The virtuous red diamond of Russia. Yep. He, uh, Mazinski was a traitor trying to mm. blackmail him. He had to take mm. him out. Mm. He's just an ex-German from World War One. Uh Mazinski was a plumber, right? No, his brother was. The original right. one was a uh, grocery store owner. Right. Which are the most dangerous men on the planet. They, if you feed the population, <laughs> you are the population. That's what my grandpa always said. <laughs> so do you believe he do you believe he's done? What do you, at this point, what do you, what does it tell you? Do you think he's done? I think uh, the old nerd was starting to get a little nervous, so he's hanging mm. it up. That's yeah. what I think. Okay. That's what I think. Okay. Well, but I don't think he's done forever. I really think that he would relapse if he gets the, his urge again. His druthers. Let's find yeah, out. Everyone likes to get their druthers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's find out here. Obviously, the police did not believe there was any way in hell 3X was ever going to stop his murderous rampage. They spent the next 30 days diligently searching for the murderer. Every letter they received claiming to be from 3X was taken very seriously until it could be proven fake. Mm-hmm. The police thought they may have caught a break when Elizabeth Ring spotted a man in the rogues gallery mugshot book. She believed the man in question was in fact 3X. That man was named Nicholas Laroche, who is a 38-year-old church sexton from Mount Vernon. He had his face in the book for forging prescriptions, mm. and his handwriting was very similar to 3X's. I mean, I get forging prescriptions. You want to get those Zans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, How many bars you drop, son? <laughs> How many? <laughs> so they would apprehend Laroche, and after 30 minutes of close examination, Elizabeth realized that this was, in fact, not 3X. The police then offered a $5,000 reward that backfired when a Bronx fingerprint examiner and a civil engineer from New Jersey were busted attempting to scheme a way into getting the reward money. <laughs> <laughs> Time progressed from months to years without any sign of 3X. 
No more leads for the police to follow. Nothing advancing the case in hopes of solving the murders and slowly drifted off into obscurity until October 3rd, 1937, when two young sweethearts were shot in the temple while in a secluded area of Hollis, Queens. The killer then took the girl's lipstick and drew a crimson circle on the forehead of each victim. While it does share a similar MO of 3X, it was later treated as its own unaffiliated murder case that was then called the Lipstick Murders. Okay. And from this point forward, these mysterious murders committed by the so-called secret agent from Russia named 3X forever remains unsolved without even a name or a person to be a possible link to the crime. It's just they never know and they will never find wow. out. Yeah, this is from, fucking crazy. From going on almost 90 years ago, this guy just vanished. Nothing. I wonder if he just, he, that was all he needed. He just needed to kill like three people. And be like, yeah. Well, the weird thing is, uh, okay, so obviously the first two was him. The third guy, he never claims the right. guy got shot in the shoulder, yep. and it was a different caliber, so they don't know. Yeah, yeah, they don't know if it was him, but it's very similar to what he was doing, obviously. But the weird thing is, like, him, them watching him burn the letters and all this shit, mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't make sense. It's fucking weird. Um, there was a psychologist who basically just said they believe it might just be a, a man suffering from schizophrenia who was just kind of... I, I don't know. Maybe he did this and then got recaptured by an institute or something. Yeah. I don't know. I was I literally looked through the internet. I could not find any sort of lead posted on anybody. There was one like Reddit thread or something that said <laughs> they might have linked this guy to the Lindbergh baby murders. Wow. Which I, that might be like a just a conspiracy theory. Sure. But Probably. um but yeah, this is insane. This guy taunted the police, taunted the press, killed these two people. He's a rapist, obviously. Yeah. And then just kind of went off into the abyss of the world, I guess. Yeah. Back just, to the Red Diamond of Russia, baby. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a real thing. I don't know. Don't they, contact the USSR. No, they do not recognize them. They don't the like them. No. So I don't know. I don't know why the Red Diamond of Russia would even exist, but all right. Snake Eater. That's all I think of is Metal Gear Solid. From this <laughs> Could this be Solid Snake? Could be. <laughs> Could it Could be? be. Could be. Well, it would be Big Boss ah. or even before that at the time, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story, fellas. That uh, that was glorious. That was very it's insane. Good. It's. I just thought it was insane. Like. Uh, oh, yeah. Where did this guy come from? How Just, come I've never heard of this? No. Ever. I know. And, like, people usually love stories where they're taunting the police and shit. Right. But yeah. This guy just... And his letters were so fucking wacky. Just, like, like a whole bunch of numbers and letters yeah. and all this shit. Yeah. And, it kind of makes... Throws me for a loop how this one has just gone under the radar. Seemingly everybody has forgotten about it and whatnot. But, yeah, he's... In earlier Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he couldn't even necessarily be, even be linked to the Zodiac because yeah. that would have been 40 years from when this happened and he'd be like fucking be 80 old years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. This is crazy. That's glorious. And it will be forever A unsolved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fucking so. awesome. Really good. Really good stuff. Very Thank good. Thank you. Good. We've had you a podcast. We just thank Jordan. That's great. Good job, Jordan. <laughs> I said hey, thank you, you guys Jordan. are welcome yeah. for writing this episode. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. Good job. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I kind of liked in the last letter, he had like that cocky little passive aggressive German, like insulting slowly, but yeah. deeply buried in there. Yeah. Until he got good. to the fucking monoplane. Yeah. Like that's like, yeah, yeah well, no, you, you guys didn't have, have fish a... eyes. I don't have fish eyes. You didn't have no monoplane or fish eyes. <laughs> no. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no. Oh, that was rad. Uh, thank you very much, Cody. Not Absolutely. Jordan. Jordan's just a piece of shit. Yep. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> We've had a hell of a podcast marathon today, and we're going to cut her off here. Let's but before it. we do that, I need you to email us. This week, I would like you to email us. Uh, who's got the better peanuts, Virginia <laughs> or Georgia? So far, in my eyes, Virginia's leading. Thanks very much to Crystal, uh, Crystal and, Nicole. and Nicole. Yep, thank you, ladies. Thank that you. was nice. Yes. So nice of you. Fucking awesome. Thank we, you. We don't deserve it, but thank you very much. We deserve nothing, and you've nope. given us everything. Right. So thank you. Right. Uh, email us, better peanuts, Jimmy Carter <laughs> or Crystal, uh, at <laughs> bumblebuttpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Oh, what's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. The other place you can find us and get a hold of us is at Twitter, at BumblebuttPod. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at BumblebuttPodcast. Instagram, of course, being our main focus. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody anyways, mm-hmm. the iTunes reviews. Ooh, we are blessed this week. How many? Three. You're kidding me. No. Nope. God damn. All positive? All positive. All five? All five. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. So, we have two unwritten's, which is still fine. Thank you very yes. much for those, whoever I've softened, you are. I've softened my stance on unwritten's, by I way. wish we could thank them personally, but Me we too. just don't know who they are. Me but too. thank you. Um, and then we have a written one from Wesley72582. Great show. Love the topics and the host. Y'all do a good job. The sound is awesome. Keep up the good work. From your friends at Tequila and Terror. Tequila not, and Terror. Another oh, podcast. Check okay. them out, guys. They're good stuff. Make I thought sure Wes. I thought Wesley sounded familiar. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's cool, dude. Cool. Uh, so check out their podcast as well, and thank you very much for that. Awesome. Fuck yeah. Two unwritten, though. That's it's fine. I we'll still love them. I still love them. I would take a thousand unwritten. Me too. Does yep. it still say fifty-three reviews? Yep. But you should I think still our write I, some. I think our iTunes is a little broken because it keeps fluctuating between numbers. Yeah. <laughs> like one day it'll be this and then it'll be that. I'm I like, know. I don't. It's unbelievable. It's like Either broken. Way, keep reviewing, keep writing. We'll keep reading them. I mean, we love it. We, we love, love it. seeing them. Tell so, your friends. Tell your friends. Tell everyone you know. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, that will do it for me. I'm Adam. That'll do it for Jordan. That's me. Thank you, Jordan. That'll do it for Cody. Bye bye. Thank you, Cody. And everybody, please have a nice weekend. Unless Unless it's Tuesday. Thank you, Cody. Woo! I just wanted to finish it. I just wanted to finish it one time. Beautiful. (laughs) I love it. All right. See you, guys. See ya. Show me the way.